Welcome to On The Brink, a fresh lens to take you and your business to new heights. I'm Andy Simon, and as you know, I'm your host and your guide. And I love doing podcasts so that you can see, feel, and think in new ways. Why is that important? Well, these are very fast-changing times, and regardless of who you are or where you are, something is pushing against you a little bit, and you're not quite sure, do I like it, don't I like it? Most humans hate change, it creates pain in the brain, but it's time to change. And the sooner you make change your friend, the happier you're going to be. My job is to get you off the brink. So today, I have an amazing woman here, Gemma Toner is a fabulous woman. She's part of our book, Women Mean Business. You can see it behind us, and I'm going to show you her picture. And it is beautiful, but so is she. This book has 102 <laughs> women in it, and each of them provide five wisdoms. And what I love doing is sharing their wisdoms on the podcast, because sometimes it comes alive even better. Gemma, thank you for being with me today. You're smiling. I love you. I, I am so grateful to be here. Thank you. Let me tell you a little bit. And you about- know, I'm a huge fan of yours. You know, I'm a huge fan of yours <laughs> we, as an anthropologist. Uh, Gemma and I are going to have some great lunches after our podcast. <laughs> First, we have to get through our podcast. Um, let me yes. tell you about her so that you, our viewers and our listeners, know why you should listen up because it's important. Gemma Tona is a media and telecommunications leader known for driving innovation. In 2017, she created Tone Networks, and we're going to talk about Tone today. A SaaS micro-learning platform designed for early to mid-career women, although as I looked at them, I think it's for all women, to stay in advance in the workplace. She's been a board member of publicly traded companies, including Sandvine and Engagement Labs, chairperson for CTAM, and a board member of multiple women's organizations. Before founding Tone, Gemma held executive positions in media and technology for AMC and Cablevision Media, running the fastest ISP in the country. We're going to hear more about that in a moment. And she's been granted patents for data analytics, and she proudly serves the global humanitarian organization Concern Worldwide. Don't you love that bio? Gemma, <laughs> our audience. Um, you know, I, I, I think this is a wonderful time. McKinsey had that great article in February of 2023 about the great breakup. So here you're going to hear about Gemma in the corporate world and then founding a new company to help women do even better. And this is something that is extremely important to me and to her. Tell us about your journey. How did you get into corporate? What was it like? And then break out. Your turn, please. All right. Let me tell you about my journey because it is not one that people immediately think or hear. And that is that, you know, I think of myself as, you know, a mother and a wife and a business person, a technologist, and I'm a data geek, but I'm also an immigrant. And that's important uh, because it it's such a strong part of my identity. And it's also uh, kind of driven me throughout my whole life. And so you ask how I got into corporate. Well, I'll tell you, my parents emigrated from Northern Ireland and I was about four or six months old uh, when I got here. And uh, when you're an immigrant, uh, and this was back in the 60s, uh, your family actually become your friends. And at least uh, in, for our family, we were packed up every summer and spent time with all our family that my parents had left back in Ireland. So I had this kind of bifurcated life, which sometimes I didn't always appreciate. Um, you asked me again how I got into corporate. Well, I kind of looked at my dad 
and saw what he accomplished. And I was the oldest in a family of three girls. And I thought, well, I've got to do better because he came here literally with nothing. He had very little money, very little education, but he had the dream that, you know, the American dream was possible. And you know what it really was for him. And he became wildly successful here in the United States. So I had some big shoes to fill. Now, my dad didn't go to college. So the first step for me to get to corporate America was actually to get to college. <laughs> and so I did. I got to into Villanova and had a great experience there. Ended up studying accounting. Uh, why wasn't necessarily the most strategic? I happened to be really good at it. Um, and uh, I happened to also be one of the few women in the room, and I didn't mind that. So it was a great school, great experience. And I popped into corporate America. And my first job was at a great company called what's now called Ernst & Young. And I got to spend a lot of time at Time Inc. And again, this was, again, for this immigrant girl, uh, this was corporate America was not something I grew up with. I, I did not know about mentors or sponsors. I didn't even know that those names or terms existed. I certainly didn't know anything about networking. But what I did know was that, you know, keep your head down and work really hard. Uh, so I got to see, you know, uh, corporate America, you know, kind of in its heyday. Uh, and especially when you're working for those type of firms, you actually get to see the world at a pretty high level, which uh, even though you might be doing pretty mundane things as a as a low, uh, uh, you know, entry level employee. But what it turned me on to and I'm very grateful for was um, I got to really learn about the media business. And I realized pretty quickly that, hey, this is actually where I want to be. And so uh, I came home to my father who, you know, had had worked so hard and given us so much opportunity and said, Dad, I really don't like this accounting thing very much. Um, I, I think I want to try something else. And he said, Gemma, you can do anything. And he didn't make me feel bad that I had just spent four years studying accounting, which is a great degree. I highly recommend it. Um, working at, you know, Ernst & Young was great experience. Uh, but it was time for me to make a jump. And uh, you'll hear often in my career, I kind of jump off cliffs mm -hmm. um, and eventually fly. It doesn't always go seamlessly, but it, it happens. And so I jumped. And so I was able to actually, um, it wasn't easy to have someone, to have a media company hire an accountant because certainly they didn't think I had a marketing background. And I didn't, but I was entry level. And so it was a great time to kind of jump in and, and make a career switch. So I was fortunate enough, I actually started out uh, at a company called Rainbow Advertising. So I got to see the world of advertising. And then I landed this fantastic job uh, working for a woman. Her name is Katie McEnroe uh, at AMC Networks. And that was where I had that first moment of, I see her, I want to be her. Ah. And she was the president of this network. Uh, we were in heavy distribution and marketing uh, mode, and it was run by Josh Sapin at the time, uh, another fantastic human being to work for. And it was probably one of the best experiences I could ever have. Um, I got to see so much. I got to do so much. Um, we were all so supportive of each other. We were very aggressive, um, but in, a, in an okay way. Um, and at a time in the telecommunications industry where it was really a bonanza of creativity and technology 
and um, distribution. It was just all these new things were coming out. And so from there, so that was sort of how I landed in corporate. Um, and then towards the, you know, the end of my time at AMC Networks, I got really fascinated with this thing. I'm going to date myself a bit called new media, which is now what you would call digital. And I was always a bit of a geek and, you know, I love computers and machines and things like that. And so I was able to persuade my boss at the time to uh, create a new job, which was uh, this, you know, how do we create content for this new medium, the internet? And more importantly, it wasn't just about the internet, because this was, again, you know, where you had dial-up. Um, it was really about this next thing that was coming, which was high-speed data, which most people didn't even know the name of, right? Um and so I got to create content. Um, we learned, we made a lot of mistakes, uh, learned very early on that uh, the programming and the content had it to be really short. And this was way back, like in 2000, we knew it needed to be short. Um, so we made a lot of mistakes along the way, but it was a great ride. And I share that because that transitioned me to yet my next gig, which was I um, got asked to interview for this job working at a company here in New York called Cablevision to run this fledgling product called Optimum Online. <laughs> and at the time it was, you know, this, you know, that had a lot of optimism and the CEO of Cablevision and president wanted someone that had a really good branding background. And if there's anything AMC Networks can do, it's it really teaches you, you know, how to brand and, and how important it is and to understand your audience and all of that will follow through as we talk about Tone Networks. So anyway, I was fortunate enough to land the job. And at the time, I'll just say, so for anyone that ever has had this experience, I landed the job, I got married, and then ended up becoming pregnant all within like three months. So I thought to myself, what in the world have I just done to myself? Um, but I did it. So I jumped again, jumping up into a big cliff or off a big cliff. And it was probably the hardest job I've ever had. You know, it was now I was working at a cable company. It was heavy in the technology space. We were also in a place where people didn't know what high speed access was. Um, and they kind of liked that old dial-up sound. So it was quite a challenge, uh, but it was really the beginning of a fantastic career journey um, at this cable company, because not only did I get to be a part of launching and building that uh, product, uh, but I also got to be a part of launching other new technologies at the company, uh, namely Optimum Voice. I got to be a part of that team, as well as Optimum Wi-Fi. And then, um, again, at, at Cablevision, it was a very entrepreneurial, even though we were a publicly traded company, um, great visionaries at the top um, and mentors, quite honestly. And uh, there was always the, uh, I got picked, and I will say I got picked to solve a problem. And the problem was, you know, here we were, this company that had all of this data. And this was, again, early before it was called AI and before it was even called big data. And what could we do with it? How could we monetize it? How could we make products? And so I got to do something that I never in my wildest dreams imagined I would do, which was to run this data analytics team. And they were brilliant. 
And, you know, again, it, it really speaks to you may not have to know how to do it. You just need to know how to lead and have some vision because truly, and and Andy, you and I were talking, one of my, my main criteria was I needed a social anthropologist. We needed to understand what all this data and behavioral data meant, but we had data scientists. I mean, it was just a, an extraordinary time. And uh, we ended up creating new products. We ended up getting some patents. And so that was really my life. Uh, in corporate America. And it was a, a wild ride. Um, it was not easy. I want to be, I want to be really clear. I think so many people, you know, come on podcasts or do media and interviews and, and they don't share that it was hard. It was really hard. I cried a lot. I want to be honest. You know, I cried myself to work some days, you know, with the pressure and just, you know, everything that was coming at me. But, you know, uh, I think one of my uh, mentors always said, keep going. And I think that is something that uh, I want everyone to remember. Just keep going, keep going through it. You'll get through it. And so I stuck with it. And, um, you know, I had this great opportunity. And then I had something uh, very personal happen. And that was a very good friend of mine who um, I had watched struggle uh, with colon cancer for five years, passed away. And I went into the office after she had died and, you know, I watched her fight day in and day out to another, for another day with her boys. And I went in and, you know, I had this great gig. I had... I get I got picked for the really cool stuff. It was the hard stuff, but I love the hard stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I had an executive coach. You know, I got to go to Stanford. I, I live 20 minutes from my home. You couldn't have asked for a better dream job. But I walked in and I was like, I'm done. And I didn't know. It was very emotional. So I wouldn't say go do this, uh, but I did. So I'm just being honest and vulnerable. Uh, but I came home that day and I spoke to my husband and I said, I don't know what it is, but it's just not this anymore. And so I retired. <laughs> and um, when you retire, when you're kind of at the top of your game and you have a really great gig, people look at you funny. So, again, I, I will let you know that people are like, why are you leaving right now? You know, here you are a woman. It, big data is just, you know, you're at the top of it. You're in you're in early And, you know, it it didn't make a lot of sense. But what I knew uh, inside was that I needed something different. And that's all I knew. I did not have a strategic plan. So I recommend others have a strategic plan. Mine was a very emotional decision. But I also needed to take a break. And so what I did was having had an executive coach, which is truly life-changing and transformative, I knew enough about myself and my my own neurosis and my A-type that I am that I might squander this gift that I had given myself, which was, you know, what I thought was retirement. And I thought, I need to have my executive coach help me through this because the last thing I want to do, I've worked since, you know, for as long as I can remember, uh, was lose this time worrying about what's next and not use it well. And so we, you know, uh, we had monthly meetings and she really helped me keep on that path of take this time for yourself, rediscover yourself. I also had a girlfriend give me a book, which I highly recommend. And Brene Brown, if you're listening, I want to be your best friend, which is Daring Greatly. Yes. And it was really about vulnerability. And that really resonated with me because, you know, I did not grow up 
in uh, an environment where I felt I could be vulnerable. Mm. Uh, and certainly, you know, making vulnerability equate with courage, you know, really spoke to me. It really sung to me. And so during my retirement, I uh, got asked to be on those boards, which was fantastic. And and I have another story, which will take way too long, but it is about saying no. So we'll save that for the next um, <laughs> podcast. But that was about how the, how I ended up getting on those boards and how that snowballed, which was fantastic. And then I also, during my, I guess you would call it a sabbatical, um, I, I uh, got asked to serve uh, to interview actually on the board for the board of concern worldwide and i hadn't heard of it they were looking for someone with a data analytics and marketing background so i just happened to get lucky and interview for that position and and i thought this was it for me andy i thought this is it you know um i want to give back uh, i need something more um i've done the corporate america thing mm -hmm. Uh, and I thought, okay, thank you. Thank you, God. Here it is. And, and so that's how I proceeded. Now, I, as being a board member, I was supposed to go to Haiti and uh, go on a trip. And at the time, Haiti became uh, too unstable for us to go. And so that trip was canceled and I got to speak at a women's leadership conference because I was able to say yes to that. And I was very vulnerable. I didn't know what I was doing. It was for women in cable and telecommunications. And Maria Brennan, who was the CEO, called me and said, you need to talk about career pivots at the at the senior leadership conference. I was like, Maria, Maria, I'm in a personal pivot. Why would anyone want to hear from me? She's like, that's exactly why you have to. <laughs> so I think Brene Brown is playing in my head. And I think, okay, I gotta be, gotta be brave, gotta be courageous. And so I go. And what blows my mind is, you know, there. this is a senior leadership conference in an industry where there's a lot of access to learning and um, great organizations that, that uh, deliver education. And I was like, why are these women, some of them I know, why are they here to, talk, to listen to what I have to say? Mm -hmm. So I said what I, you, you know, here's how I did it. And I was retired, right? So I had some headspace and I'm walking back uh, to get the train home and I thought, you know, I'm no different than all those women that were in that room. Mm -hmm. So what was it that made me able to make the jumps that I did? And all these super talented women are struggling. And I thought, you know, I had access. And what does that mean, access? That means for better or worse, somehow, because I didn't know what a mentor sponsor was, I got access to a mentor, mentors. I got access to role models. I got access to sponsors. I got that executive coach. And all of those things are scarce resources, mm -hmm. right? At the end of the day, there's not enough of them, right? Mm -hmm. Not everybody gets that. I understand the economics of executive coaching. It's really expensive. And so I started to think about what can I do about this? And I was like, hang on. I know how to build software. I know content. I know data analytics. Wait a second. And so then I just started grokking on what could this be? And there you have it. So that was a very long-winded uh, story of my drift from getting into being an immigrant, getting into corporate America, and then actually starting to get, you know, create the idea of what a company could be. And now a word from our sponsors, Simon Associates Management Consultants. That's us. And we're here to help you see, feel, and think in new ways. Whether you are an organization that's stuck or stalled, or an individual in that organization, 
who's looking to rethink their own life's journey. Simon Associates has designed programs and processes to help you do just that. Our first book, On the Brink, A Fresh Lens to Take Your Business to New Heights, told the stories of seven clients who were stuck or stalled, and a little anthropology helped them see things through a fresh lens, reignite their growth, and soar again. My new book that came out in January 2021 is called Rethink, Smashing the Myths of Women in Business. It's all about how 11 women, including myself, were able to see past the hurdles, the glass ceilings, and the brick walls and become the best that they could be. They heard things like women aren't lawyers and women can't lead and women aren't in geosciences. And they said, of course we are. And they really pushed through and did it with such ease that they want other women to see what's possible. At the end of the book, I provide a bit of a how-to process for you. If you're on the brink of rethinking your own life's journey, it's time to pause, step back, and ask yourself, where am I going? What's my passion and my purpose? And am I there or can I get there? Send us your emails to info at andysimon.com and we'll get right back to you to see how we can help. On andysimon.com are some free chapters for both books. And you can also join our newsletter and our Facebook group, Rethink with Andy Simon. We are bringing together women to help other women do what they can't do by themselves, very often to see what's possible and become the best that they can be. Come join us. And now back to our podcast. But I mean, remember, our job is to help people get off the brink. And you are an extraordinary role model because in many ways, it wasn't as if you had a destination. You were curious. And that curiosity and trust in yourself, you can call it vulnerability, um, but it, that's a word that often doesn't mean anything. It's just a cool word. You're supposed to be vulnerable. Well, what does that really mean? But what you found was that um, if you trusted your own feelings, calm instincts, you made some good decisions. doesn't sound like you had many detours along the way, but you might have. Um, the- oh, I did. we don't talk about again I want to be honest I made lots of mistakes you know (laughs) those are the highlights you know everybody makes mistakes and so again you know I just like to be practical and honest if you're not out there swinging and you're going to miss a lot um you're not going to get some of those peaks right um and I think that's really important for us to communicate because none of this is all hard one well, and there isn't as if there are a bunch of, I love serendipity. You're talking about chance. You know, you're, you know, it could have been luck. Yes, but, but life is a series of showing up. People say, how did you grow your business? I said, I showed up. Uh, because who knows what's going to happen in the elevator when you meet Renee Mauvon and she becomes a blue ocean strategist. I mean, the conversations are trusting that there's some magic here that's going to be I don't know, magical. And so you have moved along without saying, I need to go help women, but you had an experience. And I want to emphasize that to the uh, our, our listeners. There was something experiential that said, ooh, what is it I could help those women do? Because they need to see things through a fresh lens, you know, and have the trust that this is you know, why do they feel the way they do? Why don't you begin to, what's your next story? Talk to us about tone networks, because I am intrigued by how we can help women um, become the best they can be. 
I like men too. Gotcha. But I, yeah, I, yeah. Not, I, I really, and I, it doesn't matter whether you're a guy or a gal. I've coached both. I have many of them as clients, um, but they all come and the brain hates change. It creates cortisol that says this hurts. Help me do it. What do I, okay, how am I going to help you do this? Because you need to do it. We need to figure out a way for you to see yourself in a new fashion, try some new things. So Tone Networks is, and I'm not even sure how to understand the name of it, um, because it's not physical. It's not toning you up, but it is toning you up. Um, So I'm I'm curious, I'm curious, your curiosity, out of it came this platform that is helping people, women in particular, become the best they can be. Share with us. How do you how do you yeah. see it? How'd you create it? I, I get, you know, it's so funny. You know, stuff. It really is. It, it everything that I learned uh mm-hmm. throughout you know, that long-winded story I just shared with you, uh, really is used in in the creation of this business. And yes. so um, the data geek in me, you know, oh, how do you start a company? You know, again, I came from corporate, which, you know, um, I had started lots of new products. And so I knew my process, right? Uh, which isn't necessarily what most, how most startups right. uh, start up, right? So I was starting up as someone with corporate experience. So I don't know that I did it the right way, but I did it my way. Yep. And my way was to, you know, start to really understand um, what women you know, what the women, what the challenges were. I didn't want to just trust my own self. And so we went out and did research and we did uh, primary research. We did a national study and we asked questions like, you know, what stands in the way of your personal and professional development? Hmm. Because long before the pandemic, you know, shone a light on the challenges that women have. Um, I was a firm believer in my personal life did not get left at the threshold of my office door, (laughs) that my personal and professional life were deeply intertwined and the technology was going to make it even deeper. And so if we were going to solve and try to help women, I think we had to acknowledge that um, you, you didn't have clear boundaries and that there, you know, an example would be, you know, I'm just about to go into a meeting and my daughter would text me, you know, mom, I need, but I mean, it happens to everyone, right? And whether it's a child or a parent or whatever, you know, uh, the, the gift of technology is we're more connected. It also interrupts us, right? In some ways. So that's what we really look to solve. And what we did tons of research and I love research. So again, this is the geeky part of me. And what it bubbled up to were a couple of things. And it was when you asked women all different ages, quite honestly, not just early to mid, um, all different types of women at different types of uh, business categories. And it was this time and time meant form factor. I don't have time to do sort of traditional learning. Access. Access was make it for me. I don't have time to go searching for everything. And I I just make it that I can, it's just for me, make it feel like it's just for me. And then the last, which is sort of the saddest, but it's a reality, it was confidence. Mm -hmm. And tucked under confidence (laughs) was permission. And that whether we like it or not, uh, the majority of women uh, that were part of this study, and it was statistically significant study, you know, were like, I need permission to take care of me. And I'm like, okay, so if that's what we need to do, then let's figure out how we can do this. 
And so that was really the beginning, and that became the pillars of Tone Networks. And so what Tone sets out to do is use micro-learning. I am not a learning and development specialist, but you know I know what it is to build products and content that engage audiences. Mm -hmm. And so that's really how we've created this learning tool. We've created it more like you would create uh, a media experience, right, than an education experience, right? We have no textbooks, right? Uh, Because what we're really looking to be is your TikTok for your personal professional development. So instead of going into that death scroll of Instagram or Snapchat or whatever, you know what? You can just jump on tone and do something good for yourself and really enrich yourself. And so that's really our goal. And uh, that's how we make impact. And what's really cool is we use technology to make it very personalized. So we ask you what you're interested in. The last thing I want to do is waste your time because I know how precious it is Mm because I've been there. And I do not want to serve you things that you're not interested in. So if you are not a working parent, a working mom, we're not going to send you progressive parenting videos because that's not respectful. We need to be respectful of your time so that if you only have three or five minutes today, because honestly, you just can't breathe, you can't catch, you know, catch a break. It's okay. We've got you. And so that's really how we developed the product. But we also developed it knowing, and Andy, again, I know you're expert in this, you know, behavioral change. Mm -hmm. And how does, you know, the the nudge theory of behavioral change, right? So we've listened to women and they said, make it for me, make it easy. Give me a one, two, three. uh, The last thing I want to do is write an essay or get homework. I have my to-do list is long enough. And so what we did was we made these really short form videos. We also, at the end of every video, we have your tone takeaways, which is kind of your one, two, three. The system actually sends you positive reinforcement the next morning and says, thank you for watching. Here are your tone takeaways. Why? Not because I'm being polite, but I am a very polite person, but because I want to remind you, you did something good for yourself. And here you go. You can recall, you can pull, like we work with neuroscientists as well. You can, you can pull that information out and recall it. And you know what? Maybe you can take that first step or maybe you'll just watch it again. That's okay. Change is hard. I'm so with you when you say that, right? It, it is so hard. So that's part of the way the product works for the end user. Uh, Because today we were designed, and when I got funding, we were designed to be both a consumer platform and a B2B platform. Right now, we're working on the B2B front. But trust me, I I want all women to get access to this, whether you're in corporate America or not. Um, But today, that's where we are. And so what we can also do is help inform our business partners, the companies we work with, uh, with a new data set. But that data set, and this comes back to, you know, my data geek days, is anonymized, right? Why is it anonymized? Because if you won't watch, my boss is a narcissist, if you know that your company is tracking you. And you know what? If you have a boss that's a narcissist, you should know how to handle that. And I'm okay with that, you know? And, you know, if you don't have a boss, you have someone in your life. Everyone's got a narcissist somewhere, right? I mean, it's just an <laughs> upward trend of society. But the game plan here is to add value and new insights and to really be 
you know, a contender. You know, we are not looking to be your typical learning and development mm. uh, platform. There's plenty of companies out there doing that. You know, we're really looking to deliver the knowledge that you get from having access to executive coaches and experts, you know, the really good stuff that you get deeper in your career. Well, why shouldn't women have that earlier? Because my goodness, it really is life-changing. And so that's really how we set out to do it. It was really listening to the audience, talk about mistakes. We made a lot of mistakes. Uh, it took us a long time to get the format right, to get the tone right. Um, but, you know, we're in a good place now. And we have, I have to brag a little, we do have an NPS of uh, 66, which is pretty darn amazing for such a young company. So just saying. Yeah. You better explain <laughs> what an NPS is. <laughs> Net promoter score. <laughs> and so that's when you just have a simple question, you know, would you refer a friend? Yeah, would you refer a friend or family member to this? And the good news is, is that uh a majority, and that's a really hard number to get, uh, is you know, people are saying, Yeah, I would. So, and we have 95% of our business clients renewing. So we we know we're hitting it. And I think we're hitting it. Because again, women don't have much time and we have to really redesign and re-engineer, you know, how we run our lives yeah. and, you know, how we learn. You know, Gemma, it is, I'm listening and smiling uh, because even I share many of the same purposes and passions of wanting to take what we know and multiply it so others can rise with it. You know what? Sandra Quinn says, as I climb the ladder, I lift other women with us. And I said, what a beautiful way of talking about what all of us are really interested in doing, not simply being acknowledged for accomplishments as you were um, and staying there, but thinking, I mean, your sabbatical was a growth period for you, but it didn't stay there. It wasn't just me on boards. It was what have I learned that I can now share and multiply joyfully so that I can lift others? And that is not inconsequential because if if I kept it, if you kept it to yourself, you knew nice, but now how many more others? And and yeah, you can go speak, but when I walk out of the room at the end of a gig, as I know, I want them to do one small win, you know, do an Oprah, one small win to lead you forward. But what win will that be? How will I change? And it is um it, it is a purposeful and passionate. Um, but you're also having a good time, aren't you? I am. And I have to also credit my mom and dad for, again, you know, being immigrants and coming here with, you know, not much in their pockets. I think what they instilled in us was, and I saw it, there were so many people that helped them along the way. And what I recognized, and again, I didn't know the terms, right? But the people that I would say helped me along the way, those mentors and sponsors, I don't forget them. And uh, what I what I recognized when I had a moment to like think and take a beat was that not everybody gets that. And so that's where, you know, when I think about, you know, my father would always say, never forget where you came from, you know, always put out a helping hand. And that's the truth. And so I think, you know, it does for me, it matters my humble beginnings yeah. and being able to, you know, fulfill, you know, and help more. Because, you know, we live in this country and we've been really fortunate. Mm -hmm. um, so to me, that means, you know, give back. I couldn't. But I'm also, 
Let me let me clarify. I'm a capitalist. Let's not. So let, this is not a nonprofit business. I believe in capitalism, and I also believe capitalism is probably the most effective way to create social change and upward mobility for women. Well, That's why I'm doing this. You don't have to justify yourself, <laughs> and you are no, no. But it's just I just I mean I think it's really important because someone was like, oh, is this a nonprofit? I'm like, no, no, we're not. No, yeah, I met we're someone today who's trying to. Um, change the way kids understand um, debt and and it's not a not-for-profit. She's finally made herself a for-profit. And I said, that's good. It's okay to make money and and to spread. It, it is, it's okay to remove the guilt factor because I'm in here for some profit. Um, and I don't quite know why we've given that such a bad, bad name. But I do think there's something else about you as a, a woman leading others. Um, and people ask me, do women lead differently? And I said, well, I, I've had enough, I mean, I've had dozens of clients and I was in corporate life for a long time. And uh, are women different than men? Yes. But do people, you know, leaders need followers and, and they don't follow people casually. They follow people they trust who can get them someplace together and who they, they believe are authentic and want to be accountable to. Do you find, you know, you've had some good women bosses and men bosses. And do they think that women are leading differently or are we just women? I mean, I, 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 think, I, I think it depends. And I think it's, you know, men, women, I think it's, it, it's, it really depends on the individuals. You know, there's mm-hmm. some great male leaders. There's some great women leaders. Yes. There's also both not so great, you know? Um, so do I think I led differently? Probably not early in my career. I would say I probably just like the, the female role models that I was emulating, they were leading like men. And so was I. I would say as I became more comfortable as a leader, um, I definitely uh, had a different approach. I actually sometimes uh, early in my career when I was uh, running a region, when I see my old team, I apologize to them. And I'm like, thank you for still being my friend, because I was really rough around the edges as a young leader. And, uh, you know, you kind of grow into uh, at least I did. Um, you know, grow into the way you want to lead. Well, but and and I do think that the uh, value you brought to everyone along the entire way was your curiosity. You know, this kind of openness to see things through. You, you wanted to bring a social anthropologist on because we know that out of context, data do not exist. What does all this data mean? Well, uh, you know, it can mean anything I want it to mean. So which data do I pick up to do what? And then how do I interpret it right so that it makes the most, the story that makes the most sense? So it's really interesting. I think you and I could talk a great deal for a lot of reasons, and I'm enjoying every minute of it. Um, Thank you for sharing with us today. For our audience, one or two or three things you don't want them to forget, what would be some real good takeaways? Oh, my goodness. You know, I have to say the takeaways, you know, as much as I was long winded is, you know, don't forget where you came from, you know, always be looking back. You know, Uh, I also think some of the uh, takeaways that I had in the book really are uh, important to me. And that is, you know, get out there and just start. You know, yep. raise your hand, even though I can't tell you most of the big opportunities I had, I was not the first choice and that's okay. 
it's okay to be the consolation prize because it's what you make of it. <laughs> and they were great opportunities. It really is. And I mean, two of my big opportunities, I was not the first choice, but I hung in there and I didn't have all the, <laughs> all the skills they wanted, but you know, last man standing, I got it. Yeah. You know, so I think that's really important because so many of us uh, just are like, Oh no, uh, there uh, it, it's that's over my head. No, it's not. Give it a go. You know? Yeah. And um, I think the other is, you know, just keep going. It's yeah. hard. Let's not kid ourselves and let's not mislead each other with, you know, sort of saying, oh, it's all perfect. It's not. Um, but you will get through it. And I think what's really important about that is, and it does take a little time, and I didn't always do this myself, so I want to be really honest about that, is finding people that are like you that can support you. Yeah. Okay. So it's having that personal board of directors. Uh, it's also having a few friends, a few friendly faces uh, that can help you when you're just having a really tough day and can also celebrate with you as well. <laughs> well, you know, we're people and we need others <laughs> and, and they need to be trusting and trustworthy and trusting is important that we we have folks we can turn to and can I just vent you know it's not an uncommon call I make to my favorite friend can I just vent uh and then by the time I'm done she said you feel better I said oh that was perfect I just needed a safe heart and uh, you know and even an ex I'm an executive coach but even there sometimes you just go talk to your friend you know let it come out you know we had an ERG presentation um the other day um for eightfold a company out on the West Coast, a software designing company, really cool folks. One of the women said, you know, do women really have to check off all the boxes before they can move up? And, and all of us, there are three of us, said, that's not how you're going to move up. The, the move up really comes when you really don't know what you don't know because you can't possibly ever have all the boxes checked. Believe in yourself and offer yourself as a, a smart person who can grow. And those are better words than am I ready? You're never ready. <laughs> you know, you're never I, ready. You're never ready. You know, I became you're never ready. And I don't like to remind my team, you know, we'll figure you know, it out. Yes, we'll figure, figure it out. Have and the confidence to say the complex problem for what's problem. That's exactly right. Which is I'll, I'll figure it out. And just, just know you don't have to figure it out by yourself. You can ask a lot of people to help you. Yes, and it won't ever be exactly right. Perfection is really necessary. And so all kinds of wisdoms. This is such fun. So let me wrap up. I do want to thank it the National uh, it is fun. And the National Association of Women Business Owners, who owns the trademark on women mean business. And we always like to recognize them and thank them for the use of their title for our book, Women Mean Business, over 500 insights from extraordinary leaders to spark your success. And as you can hear, Gemma Toner is one of those extraordinary leaders. And our conversation today was to help you spark your success. Get off the brink. Get on. Keep going. Be perfect. Um, wow. The books are all on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Um, my three books are there, Having Fun, and I hope you have fun with them. I actually had somebody I shoot a picture of one of my books on the beach when he was reading it. I went, oh, my gosh, a beach read. I didn't know I had a beach read. He said, oh, it really think through. It think through. So and I can't say. Hey, Andy, can I can I plug one event sure. that we have coming up in? It's going to be in March. It's a page equity event that's free for all women so all of your listeners and men are welcome oh. and it really will be um check out look on linkedin we'll be promoting it uh everywhere um it's really about getting 
women, particularly uh, equitable pay. And this will not be about talking about the stats. This will actually be practical tips as to how do you make sure you are getting paid fairly. Perfect. So that's market calendar in March. March. Sometime in March, though. We have to come back to tone. Sometime in March. It'll be on the day. Yeah, it's actually we're just waiting to get the actual day, March 15th, something like that. It's on pay equity day. Uh, But it's something, again, you know, you talk about purpose. Um, It's very important to us. Despite the fact that Barack Obama signed the Lily Ledbetter law, it's not always true that women get paid what they should get paid for the same job that the guy is, much less at the same time. It's really tough. Oh, boy, we can keep going, but we're not. We're going to sign off. Say goodbye. Come again. Send me your favorites so I can bring them on. And I have a lot of great women and men to share with you coming up. It's been wonderful. Goodbye now. And thanks again. Bye-bye.